If you are someone that you run a business, you're high strung, and you feel stressed out and overwhelmed all the time, this is a video that you're gonna wanna pay attention to. Today we have Julie Barlow of jmbliving.com who sells a suite of tools to help improve mindfulness, reduce stress, just get more joy and balance back in your life. And today we're having a conversation about overwhelm, anxiety, stress, and some what are some like practical day-to-day -day things that you can do to still be really functional, but just reduce your stress levels throughout the day by incorporating some really simple mindfulness tips. And let's get into it. This is the Launch and Scale podcast, the home of some of the best e-commerce advice on the internet today. Whether you're launching your first product or scaling your existing storefront, we include conversations from industry experts, best practices, and practical tips to help you run a profitable e-commerce brand online today. I'm your host, Kirsten, and my mission is to create 100 seven-figure brands by 2027. If you're going to be one of them, be sure to subscribe and not miss another episode. By the way, for more resources and information on how to work with us, go to launchandscale.co. Remember, that's .co, not .com. Apart from that, let's get into the episode. Julie, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. It's an honor. So just to give some context, um, Julie is the founder of JMB Living Journal. Um, can you describe what the JMB Living Journal is? Sure. So I created the journal for essentially a way to have a daily guidebook that could gently and easily have someone learn about mindfulness and, um, and positivity, just like gently infuse positivity into their lives and find a way to find more balance and joy by just taking a little bit of time each day and then infusing that um, journal. So it's not just a journal, but it also has practical tips and then it has information and like um, stories in it to keep the person coming back again and again, keep you interested. Because I personally in the past had been a big, um, I always used planners, but I always got bored with them after a month or two. And I think they're a great tool, but I'm not the type of person that can stick with something unless I have something really engaging to keep me going. And, and so that's, yeah, that's kind of where it started with. <laughs> That is so interesting. And one thing, um, so full disclosure, Julie and I have been working together really since the launch of, yeah, you know, of JMB on like three, two, three years ago now. Yes. And it's amazing to see where she's come from. But um, what, what the most fascinating thing to me about um, Julie is that you haven't always been this balanced, this Zen, this like, you know, uh, just chill person, you know, and even through the tool that you've enabled, I'd love to start off by just understanding your journey a little bit, like why you created JMB Living, um, what was life like before this, and what had to happen for you to make the shift from someone like me, who is like A-type, just high-strung, high-anxiety, to someone who has a lot more joy, mindfulness, and balance in their life. Um, and then for the second half, we're going to be getting into some practical mindfulness tips that you can apply to your life if you are feeling a little out of balance. So, but yeah, like how did the idea for creating a mindfulness tool actually come about in creating JMB Living? Sure. So I used to head up a tax department in a large corporation. Um, I'd been in the 
accounting tax field for close to 20 years before so I left to, to, to create the journal. Though I will say from probably a very young age, I was always interested in things that were more associated with like mind-body connection and um, I would say what I call personal consciousness, if you will. So it's always been an interest, always like read a lot about it. Um, even while I was um, running the tax department at Cincinnati Bell, I had taken classes in consciousness training and did a little bit of um, coaching on the side of personal coaching. And then I went and, and got my um, yoga teaching certification. So I started teaching yoga. So all of those were things that I really enjoyed. And I kind of knew at some point that I really wasn't cut out to be a tax director for the long run, Yeah, but wanted to do something more along the lines of what I was passionate about. So that's kind of where things started. I just didn't know what to do with it. And then honestly, it was when I like the idea, well, I actually quit. I actually resigned like a year in advance before I even knew what I was going to do. I just knew I needed to do something else. I wanted to give back more. Um, you know, I just wanted to follow something that was more passionate to me. Yeah. So I, within a couple months, I think, after resigning and saying, okay, we got a year to find my replacement, um, I came across the idea when I put down another planner that I realized it had been, you know, a couple months since I'd used it. And I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could, you know, in, take something that people use every day and infuse the tools that had really helped me over the years, um, to be able to stay in more in balance and to deal with some of the difficulties that I'd had in my life, some of the trauma that I had in my life, so, you know, just various things. And so that's kind of where, you know, the journal started. Mindfulness is, I guess, and, you know, in terms of like how I came to like practice it more, it's, it's truly been a journey that continues to evolve. And I think it is for anyone. I don't, I think, you know, I'll continue to learn more and more and more, but, and get better and better at it. So it's really really is a practice. And I think that's another thing why I created the journal is I wanted something where you don't just go away for a weekend yeah. and then learn how to be mindful. It's like you just start living it, you know, day by day and, and learning more and practicing more. Yeah. And I'm curious, like I started and we're going to talk about exactly like what mindfulness is because I think it's such a buzzword now that gets missed construed misrepresented and so we'll be talking about that in a bit but i i know that for me i had to start taking meditation seriously i had to start really looking at my anxiety and my overwhelm and digging into what was causing that because there was a point where that was literally stopping me from moving forward mm -hmm. um just with making bigger decisions taking bigger risks being happier not being stressed and anxious and high strung all the time like I don't like me when I'm that person. So I had a big shift where I was like, no, I know I need to learn some of these tools. But I was curious for you because it seems like you're a completely different person than like, you know, if you guys are watching this, you see she's super confident on camera. You do so much short form video. You're a very different presence than what I would expect of a tax attorney and or tax um, <laughs> sorry, um tax manager and what you were doing in a past life. Mm -hmm. So what was your life like before you made the shift uh, to mindfulness? And what was the thing that kind of broke the camel's back, the straw that broke the camel's back on where you knew you had to make a change? 
Like, what did that look like? Yeah, I used to work crazy hours, like, and I, I just didn't stop working. I mean, I there were, I can remember one year where I didn't take a day off from like until the middle of August. It was, it was oh, ridiculous. Gosh. It was stupid. And I would never, you know, suggest that anyone should do that. Crazy thing is that like I was learning yoga. I was practicing mindfulness in a way while I was still stressing myself out. Oh. And honestly, what's even more interesting to me is even after I knew, okay, I got to quit. I have to, you know, take control of my health. Otherwise I'm you know, going to, it's not going to be good uh, because I could, I knew I wasn't doing a good job in taking care of me. And, um, and I knew I wanted to do something different that I was more passionate about, like I said. But the interesting thing is, is that even like a year after creating the journal and into this process of entrepreneurship, I realized that, you know, I have a very unstructured, you know, I have a day that I can do whatever I want with now. I don't have to get up and go to work, right? And at a certain time. So I have a, I have a, a great morning routine, but, and, and a great evening routine and that type of thing. But what I was finding and what I didn't realize until long into the process is that I would, I would be all calm and zen in the morning. I would do my meditation. I'd go through my morning routine. And then inevitably I would get into my entrepreneur mode and I would be like hurrying and trying to get things done and, you know, like really trying to zip through things. And I, I, it, it took a long time for me to recognize that I was still allowing myself to have, you know, I'd go from calm to stressed for this long period of time in the day. And then it wasn't until I would go into my evening mode where I would like start to calm back down again. And so even that full day of being like going a hundred miles an hour was really having an impact on my health. I started to get, I started to notice that I was getting heartburn, which is something I'd never had my entire life. And my gut health just wasn't as great. And so it was at that point, it's like, I realized that, okay, I can't just do these things in the morning and the evening. Evening, but I also have to infuse them, you know, in, as a part of my day as well and, and start to be mindful of what was happening in my brain during the day and what was happening in my body during the day as well. So I could recognize when I was, you know, getting stressed and feeling that level of stress go up so I could do something about it. Yeah. Oh, man. And at this point, were you when you were even working for somebody else and you were working mm -hmm. constantly did you notice the same sort of patterns that you were doing early in your entrepreneur career? Oh, definitely. Yeah, because I was just like always full on, not stopping for breaks. I mean, I'd work straight through lunch. It was like, I mean, very much so. The patterns were very much the same, very focused, very like just trying to knock, knock stuff out quickly. <laughs> yeah, I know that where someone watching this, you are probably... I'm talking to the person here. You're probably in that exact spot where you're thinking, I can't take a day off. I, my to-do list is as long as my arm and then more. I work from 5 a.m. till midnight. I don't sleep. Very, very, very unbalanced. And there is this expectation as an entrepreneur, especially if someone is still working full time or they have kids or mm -hmm. obligations that you just, that is just what you got to do for three to five years. And then it gets to the point where you have to make a shift because you end up choosing your family or your health or your mm -hmm. business. And I think that that hustler mentality is so overrated and the people who have long lasting 
uh, success are the ones that start to find that balance. But I would love to know what is one piece of advice or what would you say to someone who is watching this video right now and they're hearing that they they know they've got to get more balance, but they feel so out of control and out of their life and business because they've just got to keep going. What would what kind of advice would you say to someone who is currently in that resisting change, knowing that you are on the other side of that change? So I remember being in that place and I remember hearing often that if you take this time for yourself, and it doesn't take a lot of time, honestly, but if you do take the time for a morning meditation, if you do take the time to take the breaks during the day, to actually take lunch and that type of thing, that it you truly are going to be more effective and more focused than you ever were before, and you will get more done. And I, I remember hearing that, and I think, unfortunately, until you actually try it and realize that it's true, it's it's really hard because you do feel like you never, you don't have enough hours in the day. How can you squeeze this in too? But these little five-minute segments of little exercises that you can do to bring you back to your body, they make a huge world of difference in how efficient and focused and effective you are. I was actually reading a passage from, I don't know if you are a Tim Ferriss fan, um, Tools of Titans. He had a um, thing from Derek Sivers, who is the founder of CD Baby, and he had this thing where it says, take 45 minutes instead of 43. And what he was talking about is how he used to um, go biking on this 25-mile strip uh, down by Santa Monica Pier. And every morning, he would just go um, cycle to the end and back and he would just do it redlining it like full not enjoyment just as quickly as he could and every time it would take him 43 minutes and he started to notice that when he was pushing himself so much to do one of his favorite things it actually started to feel like a chore because it got hard mm -hmm. so he fell out of love with cycling, but then one day he was like, you know what, instead of me just redlining it and going as fast as I can, I'm going to go at half the speed. I'm going to go at the leisurely pace. I'm going to look around. I'm going to actually enjoy the bike ride. And he did it. And he came back and did that same loop. He looks at his watch. It was 45 minutes. And he realized from that moment that we stress ourselves out in the beginning so much to make sometimes no progress, but we end up stressing over it so much. So Julie, when I hear you say like, it takes five minutes when you're feeling anxious to just sit and chill or to take 30 minutes for a morning routine, you actually will gain a lot more life back by doing that. Definitely. Definitely. And you're going to feel better and you'll start to, if you slow down to take that time, um, you will start to remember the things that make you happy. It's sometimes it's really easy to get so work focused that you kind of forget about them. <laughs> and yeah. and that and that's like you, you do that over a long period of time. And what kind of life is that, right? I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot of time to bring that joy back into your life. And to yeah. really focus on what's important to you. Because a lot of times we're building this business, but but why are we building these businesses? Yes, I'm very passionate about like what I've created, but I'm also passionate about my health and, you know, family is high on my priority list. 
And, you know, those things are things you have to work into that balance too. So what's really interesting about advice that you gave about we actually gain time and we're happier mm -hmm. and we're more present when we take the space versus try to blast through a to-do list in the day. What's really interesting about that is we have to hear that and apply it, at least for me, because I'm super stubborn and a slow learner. Mm -hmm. I had to hear that and apply that 50, 60 times before I mm -hmm. actually started to see the results of that. Um, because it's one of the things where I think for me, when I was applying that, I would hear, oh, take lunch, you'll be happier, more productive, and mm -hmm. you'll get more done. I would like apply that for three days, but then on like the fourth day, um, some big urgent thing would come up and I would do that and it would throw my whole day off. And then I'd go back to, oh, well, see, I just lost time on my lunch. So I'm not going to take lunch anymore. And I had mm -hmm. to like trust in the process that mm -hmm. actually doing these things means that being someone who is a thinker versus a doer, meaning taking the space versus just the, the doing is going to make you more successful long-term, more balanced and just more productive and healthier. So yeah, it's an interesting thing about lunch. When you speak of lunch, something I just recently started doing, and I'll be honest, it's still somewhat of a struggle for me because <laughs> even though I was taking lunch, I would do things that were a little less work oriented <laughs> through lunch. Um, so recently I have started when I take lunch, I just eat lunch and that's all I do. So I use it as a practice in mindfulness. I use it as a break during the day and I use it to, um, to really pay attention to what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's it really, if you think about it, it's a, it's a, it's a practice in focusing. It's a practice in focusing ah. solely on, on resting and digesting and paying attention to what you're eating and paying attention to like, you can pay attention to all the senses while you're eating. And the nice thing about it is, I mean, you are practicing mindfulness, which will help you in your focus after lunch, but you also enjoy your meal more. And in addition to that, I mean, your body really truly does need to rest to digest. So if you are in active mode while you're having your lunch, you're not doing yourself any favors. I mean, you will, and your gut and your brain have a connection. I mean, we are learning more and more about how much your, your gut and your brain are connected. So we really do need to take that time yeah, to yeah. rest and digest. And it's a great time to practice being mindful. <laughs> so I was, I read somewhere or heard this, that one great thing to do after dinner is go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that what you're supposed to do? Because what I'm hearing is we need to sit and rest and digest. No, actually after dinner, it's fine. But while you're sitting there eating, you want to just allow your parasympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system, you know, cut in as opposed to being in that active mode. So while you're sitting there eating, you know, let your digestion kind of go. But no, I, I do go for a walk after I eat as well. And I, I have heard often too, that that's, that's really good. I mean, you're not going out and taking a run, yeah. but it's, it's fine. I think to move afterwards, it's just, you're giving yourself a period to chill out essentially. Set. So. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so you talk a lot um, about um, 
Okay, fight or flight. I love, I have seen this on your blog where when you're in active mode, you just mentioned something about the parasympathetic nervous system. So that is the part of your body that is responsible for relaxing you. It's mm -hmm. the digestion, mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. is, um, et cetera. So when you have the active constant go, 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 that mm -hmm. is your sympathetic nervous system that's going, kicking into high gear with fight or flight. Um, I would love to hear your take on um, on that in terms of the how that serves you during your day or or not. Well, so I think it's like as an entrepreneur and getting back to kind of like what we were starting to talk about in the beginning too is like you you have this whole list of things that you want to do during the day and you you know I mean even if you if you get it down to like your top 3 or whatever and you're focusing on those you're still very focused on trying to get things done. So I think you definitely do go into that sympathetic nervous system mode, which is fine. The problem is is you don't want to stay in that fight or flight mode on a regular basis. So the more you practice being in tune with your body, the more you can start to sense when you are entering that fight or flight mode. And it's not necessary that you have to necessarily like relax, but you want to bring yourself out of that fight or flight mode, which is which really, I mean, if you do that constantly, it's an active state of stress all the time. And eventually it'll catch up with you. I mean, eventually you'll start to see the impacts of it. So I think, you know, there's just little things that you can do when you start to be mindful and recognize what your body's doing, recognizing you're in that state. I mean, something as simple as I know you've probably heard people tell you to, you know, take a couple deep breaths. I mean, something with that, you know, just taking a few moments to breathe deeply can be great. I know a lot of people even forget how to breathe deeply, to be honest. Most most people, because we we stay in that active state so much, are breathing from the upper chest. And so we really forget even how to breathe from the belly. So one thing I do recommend to people as something to try for deeper breathing is, is to take like a two-part two inhale. So you inhale once and then you, without exhaling, go ahead and inhale again. And that'll cause you to go ahead and have like a deeper in-breath than you normally would take. Yeah. And then just focus on letting that whole breath go and doing that just a few times. You know, if you notice yourself feeling that... Um, stress feeling, you know, and, and just, you know, maybe, I don't know, people feel it in different places. I'll feel it like in my chest, but yeah, um, yeah. whenever you notice that in your body, just taking a moment to do something different, maybe it's getting up and taking a walk. Yeah. And that's been really powerful for me because I think like everyone has anxiety. It's just like different levels of it. And mm -hmm. for me, it's, I've noticed when I have more than one coffee, my brain just goes, let's do this. And I just like, yeah. It, yeah, it's like literal fight or flight. And what's dangerous about that is you become reactive to things. You move right. The problem with that is that your brain literally starts to put resources into reacting to the perceived threat of your environment mm -hmm. versus some more of the, I think it's the frontal lobe activities of actually thinking and making good logical decisions. So mm -hmm. when you are 
triggered, when you start to freak out, when you're overwhelmed, when you get an email from a supplier saying your order's late, or you look at your bank account and you're like, we don't have enough to cover inventory, I'm gonna have to raise more funds for financing, an employee just quit, or you got a big sale, whatever it was, your brain literally goes, ah! And then if you just keep going, or if you look at your to-do list, and you're like, oh, I just gotta do this, you are, actually probably doing work at like 40 to 50% um, of the quality that it should be because you're focused on quantity versus quality of that. So it's actually like a detriment to the quality of your work to be in that reactive fight or flight. And so bringing it back to I'm Zen, I'm calm, I'm proactive, and I'm just focused on one thing at a time, you're actually going to be not only happier and just feeling more chill, but better ideas are gonna come to you because you're gonna be able to think clearer and it, it just overall. So I don't know where I went with that tangent, but like that for me is like, that's when I started to get it because for me, my anxiety is triggered with too much caffeine and then I noticed how my brain reacts to that. And then I was like, oh, I literally can see a massive decline in the quality of my work versus like taking space and etc. I think that's all very well spoken. So, I mean, I think, you know, what you're talking about in terms of the quality of your work and your focus, I mean, you can't do something well when your brain is going a hundred different directions at once. It's just impossible. Yeah. The other thing, like for me, I try to do some of my best thinking work, um, at least for me, it, it's like after I meditate in the morning is, mm-hmm. is very helpful because I think if you practice doing that, you can actually also practice asking yourself questions while you're still in that kind of um, more calm state, like already And that's definitely when I get my best ideas. So like asking myself a question and then just sitting and expecting an answer to come and just waiting for it. I keep asking myself the question again and again. And that's where all of my best ideas typically come from. A lot of times I'll get them in the shower too. I'll eat, you know, like still in the morning, you know, and you're, and you're thinking like you, um, you're just, you're, you're not in that fight or flight yet. You're not in, you know, Trying to put out a hundred fires. Yeah. And so that's why you're getting ideas. Yeah. So you're more open to opportunities and possibilities when you're in that calmer state, if you will. Yeah. So when we look at habits, because there's so many habits you could do from meditating to journaling to cold showers to right. What has been the most impactful habit in your day in terms of positive um dividends you know one recently that i just started doing that i was really surprised and it's a super easy habit to do but it's actually making sure that i get outside and get bright light first thing in the morning and i I got this from listening to huberman labs i don't know if any of you if you've heard any of his stuff but it's great but I, I was shocked if it's, if it's bright sunshine, it only takes about five minutes of sitting outside. So I'll actually sit outside and write in my journal, even, even when it's super cold, I'll like bundle up, I'll go outside and I'll, and I'll write outside. Yeah. Um, it takes just like, like I said, just five minutes of that. Or if, you know, it's cloudy and overcast, I might go for a short walk, Mm -hmm. but 
that has been huge for me and like the, my ability to focus during the day, you know, on top of like meditation, like the meditation is definitely another huge one for focus, but that light is such an easy one that people mm-hmm. don't hear about, which is why I mention it. And what do you do on days where you wake up before the sun's up? Like, especially being in the mm-hmm. Northern States, like yes. when there's, there's no sunlight or it's pouring yep. rain. What do you do? Yeah, it is. It is dark when I wake up here too. So um, what I understand is you should turn on all your lights. I mean, you should, you should have bright light in the morning, yeah. which um, I did not realize that until recently. I used mm. to like, I think I was having this slow morning. So I'd light candles and everything. I wasn't doing, that wasn't the greatest idea because you're not, when you do that, when you get that bright light, you are essentially resetting your, um, uh, rhythm. Yeah, you're doing that, but it also affects your, um, like your, you get a blast of like dopamine in the morning and all your hormones like kind of reset and recycle. And, and I think that too is extremely helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, so typically what I do, you know, is like I said, I have bright lights in the morning, but then when that sun comes up, I try to get outside and watch the sun come up. Yeah. And then if it's dark and cloudy, then I, then I try to, when the sun comes up, I do try to take a a short walk sometime in the morning. And that for me has been really helpful for focus. That makes a lot of sense. And even just new oxygen in the body, Mm -hmm. not like like home, like there's a lot of benefits to that. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing I didn't ask you earlier that I should have is, um, to you, what is mindfulness? Because it's such a blanket term that has gotten thrown around so much. So what to you is mindfulness? The definition I think I like the best is, um, I don't even remember who I heard it from, but they said that it's what your mind is full of. And if you think about it, when you're, when you're practicing mindfulness, you are intentionally directing your attention to one thing. And that's what your mind is full of at that moment in time is what you are directing your attention to. Um, it's different from meditation because meditation is like a, pra- a you know focused practice, but you don't have to um, you don't have to sit you know with your eyes closed focusing on one thing when you're being mindful. You can take a walk and be focused on you know your five senses you know one at a time you can be focused on listening okay. you can be folk anytime you're like really, paying attention on purpose, if you will. Okay. Okay. And it's inner focus of what's going on in and around you. It doesn't have to be, no, because I think one of my favorite practices of mindfulness is actually, particularly when I'm taking a walk, I love to look for things that I wouldn't normally notice. Mm. And this is usually like little things. So I'll, I'll like maybe pick up a leaf and just notice like all the little lines in the leaf or the different shading or patterns or, um, you know, maybe noticing the bark on a tree or maybe I'll pay attention to the birds singing, which, you know, years ago when I was taking a walk, I was just pretty much focused on like taking a walk and thinking, but it's actually shifting your attention to something specifically mm-hmm. um, other than uh, usually other than what's going on in your brain. Yeah. 
so in that, it's so interesting because practicing mindfulness, I think I was misusing how, because for me, if I'm creating a course on mindfulness or giving someone a, um, like if someone asked me what mindfulness was, I would be mm -hmm. like the practice of spending time with yourself in an mm -hmm. effort to de-stress. That's what mm -hmm. I would say. So mindfulness mm -hmm. to me, and I don't even know if this is correct or not, but it's about learning to listen to what's inside your body so that you can stay in control and not let your ego um, step in the way of big actions that you want to take. And I think, you know, it depends on the type of person that you are in terms of, I think, where you choose to focus your attention. So I think the practice of mindfulness definitely is extremely helpful for reducing stress and bringing you back into um, a calm state of being. If you are the type of person that already is always focused inwardly on your thoughts and what's racing around in your brain and that type of thing, yeah. then yeah. it's actually sometimes a bit more helpful to focus on something outside your body. So in that case, you might want to focus on some of the things like I was talking about, like, you know, you take a walk and you notice a leaf or whatever. But e I mean, even in your in your, your space, wherever you are, you know, you could. I could pick up my journal here and instead of just looking at something, I'm looking for things that I wouldn't normally notice. So taking a really deeper look at anything around you. So if you're, if your normal focus is in your head, yeah. then getting yeah. out of your head and focusing outwardly can be more helpful to you. A lot of us are focused more outwardly and we're not yeah. as used to focusing our attention inward. And, and if that's the case, then you know, an inward focus, maybe on your breathing, you mm -hmm. know, and focusing on your breath going in and out, then that can be more helpful. So I think it kind of depends. And you can do both. I, I actually, per I actually like to do both. And it kind of depends yeah. on where, where you are at that moment. Because I'm looking at it like mindfulness is a tool that I use to be able to show up every day at my best. Mm -hmm. In whatever that means, like get through a workout, mm -hmm staying zen and like staying in control of my anxiety being self-aware blah like whatever my mm -hmm. goal is so for me it's like it's a very mm -hmm. intentional tool to unlock high performance and be able to keep operating at that level um so when you're like hey you're very focused inward it would be helpful to look outward at the world i'm thinking okay what is the tangible outcome and reason why i should do that so i'm Mm -hmm. what so I'm so curious like what does someone gain by focusing outward instead of inward it's the same exact thing honestly it will calm your body down and it's you taking charge of your attention mm -hmm. so it is truly a practice of you directing your thoughts intentionally right and practice doing that so when someone sits down to meditate for the first time your brain goes everywhere right oh, yeah. and it's the same thing with mindfulness you try like just picking up something you know around you in your office or whatever and you try to focus your attention on that for two minutes and you see how fast your brain wants to go every which way it's crazy true, true, true. but if you practice doing that and again it's the same thing you get the same exact benefit of what whether you're focusing your attention on what you're eating while you're eating your lunch, yeah. you're focusing your attention on everything that you hear as you're taking a walk, 
if you take a break and focus your attention simply on, you know, this um, colored pencil that I have here, what do I notice that, you know, I, I you know, you notice things straight away but if you get into it a little deeper it's like oh it's got this little chip here and and if you continue to try and focus your attention there because your attention is going to want to drift oh, yeah. you are truly intentionally practicing getting control of your brain and that's what you want to keep while you're working too right I mean yeah. if you practice controlling your brain in those ways then while you're actually working that's when you're going to be able to stay more focused on on, on topic and not going back to your phone every five seconds or mm -hmm. checking your email or whatever. Yep. Okay, that yeah. is a great answer. Um, so for someone watching this, because my target for this video is someone who feels out of control and they do want to gain some semblance of control again and mm -hmm. get more mindfulness in their life. Um, if you had 10 minutes a day only to practice mindfulness, what mm -hmm. would you do to start? I probably would definitely start with at least five minutes of meditation in the morning okay. because five minutes is not really that hard to do. Mm -hmm. And um, I do think it's extremely beneficial to start your day with that. And really, five minutes is about all it takes in the morning anyway to get a, a you know a great benefit from from doing that in terms of your level of focus throughout the day. And then maybe another five minutes, say at the end of your day, I might recommend like doing some breathing exercises. Um, it could be just um, some alternate nostril breathing. There's all kinds of um, breath work that you can find, you know, people doing YouTube videos and on the internet. But the alternate nostril breathing is a popular one because it definitely helps balance both sides of the body and helps bring calm into, um, yeah, it helps calm you down. Um, so just beginning to work with your breath okay. is something that you're going to, I think, get a lot of benefit from too, because that's a, it's a, something you, it's always there. Like if you, if you are out somewhere and something happens in the store or whatever and, you know, you get stressed out because, you, you know, whatever happens or, you know, you miss your flight or whatever, um, your breath is always there with you. So having that to just come back to can be and, and practicing coming back to that can be really helpful, I think. Yeah. And a way to calm your body down, because even uh, mm -hmm. you find out your flight is delayed. What are you doing? You're holding your breath. You're mm -hmm. angry. So mm -hmm. like back control of that moment, breathing mm -hmm. is going to help calm you down and take yep. you out of that. Mm -hmm. um, with meditation and breathing, there are so many options out there. People can complicate it. So to meditate, um, where would you start? It, just go on YouTube, sit in silence by yourself? like. Yeah, I think a lot of people like to use apps and that's I think that's a great way to start. But if you don't want to try that, I mean, it can be something as simple like my one of my favorite meditations is one by Thich Nhat Hanh. And it's as simple as when you breathe in, you think to yourself, breathing in, I calm my body. Breathing out, I smile. And it, oh, okay. it has a wonderful way of calming you down. Um, another one I really like is, is to just, when I'm breathing, um, to envision that I've got these tiny little bubbles of peace that are coming into my body. And I try to envision them traveling to all 
you know, down to my toes and all throughout my body. So that's another great way I think of, of being calm. Um, body scans I find useful and helpful because I think it's really hard at first to try and just sit there and think of nothing, honestly. So I think, you know, trying an app or trying like one of those little tools like that, I think can be really helpful. One thing I used to do before I even started meditating and mm -hmm. realizing like why this worked um, years ago, it used to take me like two hours to get to sleep because my brain would just be over and over on all the stresses of the day, all the anxiety, yeah. all the whatever. Oh, this might happen. Oh no. You know, all that um, mm -hmm. doomsday scenarios in my head. So what I started to do when things got really bad and I wasn't able to sleep, I would just lie there, picture myself like climbing up a ladder out from the ground to in space, right? To somewhere super, super high. Nice. And I would stand on a platform and I would just like compartmentalize all my things. So if something was stressing me out, like in a really rude employee or uh, I got dissed that day or whatever it was, I would like take the thing and I just picture like throwing it away. And just by doing that, by being like, oh, that pissed me off. That was annoying. I love that. <laughs> We're not thinking about that anymore. I would just like throw them away and mm -hmm. I'd be able to sleep. And so that practice of just like, I'm done with you. That, that just helped get it out of my body. Um, and then I realized years later, like what I was doing with that. I'm like, oh, that's why that worked. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's meditation, right? <laughs> yeah. Before I even knew what meditation was. Yeah. I was like, no, it was good for great. meditation. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, so. love it. Another thing that I was meaning to, to mention when we were talking about, like we talk a lot about stress and everything. Yeah. Something yeah. that I found interesting that I read recently was um, that stress can have a lot to do with your perception of stress. So there was a, some research done on um, with some Navy SEALs going into the, like the hell week. And what they found was, is they, they found that they could predict who would make it through Hell Wake based on what their perception of stress was prior to ever beginning the week. So if they had a perception that stress was beneficial to them and that it was going to help them up their game and it was going to help them improve, they were the ones that actually were able to make it through the week. Whereas, um, and, and this is all before, you know, even, even going into the week, it was, it was like, it was to me, that was like really interesting because what that tells me is another thing we really need to practice from a sense of being mindful is what our mindset is in general about stress, but about anything, right? Because, um, our thoughts truly have a huge, huge impact on not only how we feel and how we operate, but, you know, how our business will operate as well and how successful we are. Yeah, man, you're so right because I've had literal conversations with entrepreneurs where some were like, this really crappy thing happened and here's how we're dealing with that versus Another side is this really crappy thing happened. This is a sign I shouldn't be doing this. What you're hearing, the difference between the two is, is person one, know, like they have a healthy relationship with stress where they know it's part of, they know it's part of it and they know it's helpful and they know they've just got to keep going versus person B is like, oh, 
stress is bad. I shouldn't feel this way. This is a tell that I shouldn't be doing this. And guess how they both react to those situations. One will quit because of an, like, they don't have a decent relationship with stress at, in it serving them versus person A is like, this is par for the course. This will make me stronger. I will keep going. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think too, it can be extremely helpful to take the time at the end of every day or the beginning of every day to really reflect on how your day went, um, what worked well for you, what didn't, and really thinking about like looking for patterns in your life of things that are going well and things that aren't going well. Mm -hmm. Because taking that time to reflect back, you'll start to notice these patterns. And if you notice the pattern, then that's when you can actually take some action to say, okay, is this because of some belief that I have? Is it because I'm doing something in a certain way and I need to try doing it a little differently? But if you never stop to reflect, if you never take that time to yourself, then you're just going to keep on going and chugging away, making the same mistakes again and again and again and making life hard on yourself. I mean, I do feel like taking that time to reflect can really help you to fine tune your life in a way that can bring you more ease. And journaling has been a tool that really helped get me out of my head. Mm -hmm. so. and yeah, getting those thoughts on paper, you start to really have more of a dialogue and conversation with yourself to understand yourself, understand how you work, understand how you work best, and, and be able to understand when things aren't going well so that you can try to get to the bottom of, of what's causing that or what are you thinking that's that's not helpful in that way. Yeah, and that's why I like a tool like the JMV Living Journal because this isn't just, it's not really fair to call it only a journal because a journal to me is just your calendar with a to-do list. This is, they have journaling prompts you have mindfulness tips, you have a daily planner, you have everything to help someone walk through and start to incorporate mindfulness in their life to be able to reflect and see what's working well and what isn't. So. And that's one of the reasons that the end of like the end of every week in there, I mean, I, I do put a lot of, a lot of emphasis on reflection. I, I encourage people, even if you, even if you don't have that, that journal, I mean, you can jot down whatever you're using at the end of the day. Look look back, celebrate at least one tiny win that you had during the day. Think back, find something that you found beautiful. Figure out what gave you some joy because once you start recognizing the patterns of what you do well, what brings you joy, where you see beauty in your life, those are the things that are going to give you the strength to keep going when things get hard in your journey. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and make it more, you know, enjoyable along the way, if you will. Exactly. So, so. this is really great. I feel like we can do a Joe Rogan style three hour podcast here, but <laughs> uh, I think we should cut it. I do have one last question, which is what should I, I have asked you that I haven't? Oh, hmm. that's a good question. We talked about a lot of good things here. Um... One thing that I think 
is important with all this because we talk a lot about the mind mm -hmm. and we talk about how we're manipulating the mind and how we're taking control of the mind. One thing that I think is really important to know is that our brains actually continue to change our whole entire lives. They are not they are not, you know, you don't, you don't grow up and your brain just stays the same. Mm -hmm. Your mm -hmm. brain continues to change with the thoughts you think. Because each time you start to think a, a thought repetitively, there's this new neural pathway that begins to um, develop. And so I think it's really important to understand that we are actively changing our brains by the way we think and by the way we choose to think. Mm -hmm. And it's also extremely important for us to realize that we have a choice, that we can choose how we decide to think. We can choose our beliefs if, you know, if we pay attention to them. We can even choose the level of how strongly we believe something. And I think that too can be really powerful because you can you can intentionally bring up or down your level of how much you believe something and that can be really powerful because you want to you want to believe in things that are going to make you feel empowered and you want to bring down that level of belief on things where you have your doubts about yourself because ultimately they're not true anyway exactly yeah i love that if um if you guys are interested in learning more, um, that is neuroplasticity that uh, Julie is talking about. Yeah. Did I not say neuroplasticity? Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I know what you're talking about, and that's, that's important. I meant to say that, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. an interesting concept. Once you realize that, that you are still like changing your brain, I think that's, I think that's fascinating. And I don't know, I think it's empowering too, to know that, you know, maybe you had a lot of negativity, but you can overcome that you know, with, with continuing to train your brain. Yeah. Which is beautiful because it opens up your world to learning new things. And it, it is that you can teach an old dog new tricks. That is a myth that you can't. So, um, very, very cool. Uh, well, how can people learn more about you, uh, your business, everything like that? Sure. Everything that I have um, where you can find me is, is JMB Living. So if you search JMB Living, you know, I, I'm at jmbliving.com is my website. But um, I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, JMB Living on YouTube. So I, you know, have um, short a lot of shorts there and, and some long form video there too. Um, yeah. Love it. All right, guys. Thank Julie so much for coming out. Leave her a comment. And if you saw value in this video, please do give a big thumbs up. Outside of that, we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit subscribe on your mobile device. And for more resources and information on how you can launch and scale your e-commerce business online, be sure to go to launchandscale.co. And we've also got a ton of free actionable content available on TikTok and YouTube. Just be sure to go to either platform, search for Kirsten, my name, K-H-I-E-R-S-T-Y-N. Apart from that, we'll see you in the next episode.